Hello and welcome to the podcast, Sport and Life. Thanks for joining us. Guys, do appreciate you hitting on the button. Spring is in the air in the UK, certainly in the West Country this morning. The birds are tweeting, blue skies, beautiful stuff. Um, This show today is going to be around Will Boyle, repeat guest on the podcast, another one, but had a fascinating season for Cheltenham Town, professional footballer locally in uh, this part of southwest England. He's been in and out of the team, but played well when he's been in it, as I understand it, which is possibly even more frustrating after coming back from an injury. Also longest serving player at Cheltenham Town, but as I understand it, yet to sign a new contract beyond the summer, so it should be an interesting chat. wanted to voice a little separate intro today because it's a new dawn on the podcast. Very pleased to say uh, that we've got a partner, a sponsor, if you will, Bang & Olufsen, local uh, shop run by Jason Briggs, who's a wonderful man and a Manchester United fan like myself, but unlike myself, actually hails from Manchester. In fact, he hails from Hale in Manchester. Uh, but uh, Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installation. So it's good kit, but they're good people, more importantly. Jason, very good man, a big sports guy, runs a local team as well in Bishop's Cleeve, and I really appreciate him coming on board with the podcast as well, a listener to it, so it means even more that he enjoys what we do here, with the, particularly with the local sports people, but I think interesting guests beyond that as well. So check out Bang & Olufsen and Serene AV in the same shop in the courtyard in Montpellier in Cheltenham. Beautiful location and a good guy to go and chat to if you want to get any uh, new equipment, some high-tech stuff, which I don't know too much about, although they are restoring my dad's Bang & Olufsen 1960s uh, stereo uh, at the moment as well, which was bought in Germany when my da- uh, granddad worked out there in the 1960s. So I look forward to seeing what they can do with that one. But I hope you enjoy the podcast, guys. Do rate it on iTunes if so. Coming up, Will Boyle, Cheltenham Town Central Defender. Here we go. Okay, Will Boyle, how are you doing? Back in your living room, I think six months or so on, and you, you certainly, you're more mobile than you were last time I was here. Life, yeah, yeah. Life's good? Yeah, life's good. Yeah, last time I was out injured, when I, so yeah. um, I was only out six weeks in the end, um, cut a couple of weeks off the injury, so. Ankle but, problem? Uh, no, it was a calf. Calf, yeah. I did my, my ankle was in January last year, so last season. Um, and then the calf were the start of this season. What What was that period like? Because I met you for a coffee, didn't I, Montpellier? I think for yeah. during that spell. And it's psychologically, do you, is it difficult? Are you detached from the rest of the team at that point? Um, yeah, yeah. Especially at the start really. of a season when you're trying to get into. The yeah, team. I think I think like you say, the timing of it. I played the first game of the season. Probably played the game with the injury because I felt it in the weeks in the week leading up to the game. Yeah. Um, and then I were out all of a sudden after doing a five, six week pre-season um, I were out for five or six weeks again so I had to then build up the whole five or six weeks so pre-season virtually ended up being 12 weeks for me without playing yeah. a game obviously I played the first game but then I were out um, so that was, the, that was the toughest thing psychologically but you had to get your head around it because that's football and that's what happens Yeah. Um, so I did and got back fit and then had a fight to get back in the team. I know, proper fight to get back in the team. You are back in it at the moment. Because we were sat here, sat across from, we were sat at your table in your flat at the moment. We were sat on the chair, you had your, your leg up. Did you retain the, the CV fitness while you were out? Did you have to do the, effectively the whole pre-season again when you came back? Or was it, um, did, did you still have some base? base no, nah, the physio Gav at Cheltenham, he tends to beast people. <laughs> so he's quite, he's always quite tough, especially CV-wise. You're doing two, three sessions a day. Wow. And you generally, probably your cardiovascular fitness, your base, Yeah. you probably come back 
if you go if you're injured mid season you come back probably I'd say fitter because we've got now skier we've got things like that because you've got time to focus on it whereas the players are going game to game and, yeah, yeah when you're preparing for a game and you're sometimes playing Saturday, Tuesday you've got to recover so you can't really can't really hit your body too much really you've got to recover for and peak for the games but Gav's smashing smashing you every day so it's, <laughs> it is tough but you do come back in good shape so I think every time both times I've come back from injury um, within a week or two of being ready to play a, yeah. full, a full 90 minutes so. it, it wasn't that serious of an injury but when you do have injuries do you, does your mind go forward a little bit to when you might be retired from football and what, what life might be like uh, no, no, no. Not, to, not to that extent no. I imagine well touch wood but I'd imagine if you get a, a long term injury mm. um, then that might that might shock you a little bit Yeah. but no it's definitely focusing on just the rehab and stuff because the longest time I've been out at the minute touch wood is is nine weeks, yeah. which no, which isn't too. And we still we still around the team. Were you having the camaraderie and stuff and the banter, or were you kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. You get in, you get in early in the morning, have breakfast, and that's probably a key time. Get everyone yeah. together when you're having breakfast. You get get to have a chat with the lads, and then at lunchtime as well, if you're finished around the same time, um, it's tough to watch when you're in the gym and you're seeing the lads out on the pitch warming up, uh, having a laugh, and then obviously training. Yeah, um, and a few of the lads have spoke about it before. I mentioned it to me and Ryan Broom about it. He were out, I think, a couple of weeks. Yeah. And just when you come back out, it's it's strange and it sounds a bit it uh, sounds a bit odd, but when you come back out onto the grass for the first time, you almost like a little kid again. You, you appreciate, appreciate the just the literally the feel and the smell yeah. of the grass, and it's strange how, how you can have that <laughs> feeling, but then within a week you yeah. <laughs> completely forget it again. So just, things become normal, don't things, they? Yeah, you take things for granted. So sometimes from that that point of view it's quite nice to have a little break and then actually think actually how lucky I am to be training yeah. every day it's, fu- it's funny you say that because um, on the Friday night I went to Holly Gazard Trust you guys have been involved with the Holly, yeah. Holly Gazard Trust at Cheltenham Town but yeah. a charity set up by Nick Gazard for his murdered daughter to uh, raise away from domestic violence and people bid for a tour given by me around Sky and I just couldn't believe it Someone they bid £400 these blokes to come down I thought wow that's amazing just to look around my workplace but I had that same sort of feeling of I guess they had never been to a TV studio it's the same it's the same kind of wonderment but I've always felt that when I go to training grounds and you know been to like Premier League training grounds Chelsea all that kind of stuff and you can't believe these guys do it for a job and you think yeah. it's pre- particularly these pristine pitches but even for you guys up at Seasons it's a nice yeah. a nice spot and it, it kind of makes you realise that you're kicking a ball for a, a living and having, having fun yeah definitely and I think you're your tar must have gone for double my shirt actually when the <laughs> shirt got really? off so that could be that could be something you could look into oh, um, I know, I've, got to, I've got to work on what I'm going to do I'm going to have to do a song or something I think to try and uh, kind of, kind of <laughs> yeah, make, yeah, make Jim to, White Jim White sort of uh, give them a guarded tour yeah you need to get people coming back for that don't you like yeah. Willy Wonka's chocolate factory <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah definitely I think especially now when you go to the we've trained a couple of times at Burnley's training ground up mm. north when we're playing obviously with the gaffers links yeah. Um, when we're playing teams up north, um, and you go there, and it's like, yeah, it's like you're a kid again, and yeah. you're almost in awe of all the facilities that they've got, the gym, and the, all the pitches that they've got. But we, to be honest, we're really good for League Two from the ones I've seen in League Two. I've yeah. seen probably quite a lot of them, um, and even League One. Our facilities are we're really lucky. Our facilities are really good. So. Um, that's something that the club's improved recently. We've like we've got a new gym and things like that within the last couple of years. So yeah. it's definitely good. Do you mix? Do you mix with the Burnley players when you go up and do, use the training ground? Uh, no, generally we're there when they're finished or okay. if they're playing away. Sometimes I think they were playing Chelsea one of the last times we were up there, so they travelled down. Yeah. Um, 
So no, we have we have the full run of the training ground. So. But is Sean Dyche around? Do you see Sean Dyche? Um, no, no, uh, not at the training. Is that trying to impress him? Maybe see if he wants to pick up a league two centre half, <laughs> <laughs> like um, like like Michael when he went up, didn't he? From uh, yeah, 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 championship, yeah. I think. Yeah. So no, he hasn't been there when we've been up there. No, but that's interesting, isn't it? Because it's not when you watch the cup competitions. It's amazing the depth of quality in English football. I thought this week even Portsmouth losing to Arsenal the other night. There didn't look a huge gulf between a, a League One side with a good home record and an Arsenal who were, uh, you know, a few years ago one of the best teams in Europe. Yeah, no, I think there's a. It's almost a different sport, the Premier League, to be honest. So yeah. when cup competitions and then they end up playing a lower league team, um, there can sometimes be shocks. Quite hard to deal with it. Yeah, I think it's a different style. A lot of the a lot of games are mm. two completely different styles going against each other, and um, I think Trudini's mentioned it in the past before about well about Arsenal, aren't he? Mm. About when he's playing against Arsenal, yeah. not, he can sense that not many of them really fancy. Yeah, it. yeah. So. And you get different type of players, different type of people in the lower exactly. leagues, don't you? Who are yeah. more aggressive naturally. So, like you say, Troy's been brought up through the football league. Yeah. So he's he's almost that that breed. So they have, have a few at Burnley, in fact, don't they? As well, yeah, one hundred percent. So um, I think that's why you see the teams can compete together. The physical side of it definitely is a leveler, and mm. sometimes the pitches as well. Although the Portsmouth pitch won't too bad. No, it's getting better, isn't so, it? Poor old Tramway have had a tough season. <laughs> yeah, season they have, there. yeah. Bradford's, we played there a couple of weeks ago. Um, Bradford's in great even oh, now. Really? So, but that's part and parcel of it, the weather. So yeah, yeah. can't do much about that when it's raining 24-7. It's been a wet, I think it's the wettest winter in the UK on record or something like that since yeah, 1860. Yeah. So, <laughs> been nice for you guys. But what was it like at the start of the season when it was the sunny autumn and you were injured, sat out there? Watching on because do you have mixed emotions when the team's doing well? Because they made a great start, didn't they? Was it was it conflicted because you wanted to get back into the team or are you just in with the boys and, and happy? It's but I suppose it's easier to come into a team that's winning. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely not, maybe not hard, not easy to get into. Not it, easier, but, yeah, yeah. I've, I've uh, lived that, but um, I think I think it's always the team when the team's winning. I think that's that's the be all and end all. Yeah, because um, almost around the training ground, the atmosphere. If a team's losing every week. The atmosphere can be completely different. Obviously, people have got their own agendas and things, but when the team wins on a Saturday, generally the atmosphere through throughout the next weeks better yeah. than it is if they've lost. So are always always part of the lads and always wanting the lads to do well and like our part of the squad, part of the team, and now it's ended up putting us in, in a position where come the end of the season yeah. we're fighting for something. So you're in the playoffs, aren't you? So are we fifth at the moment, six points fourth off. Fourth at the minute. Fourth now. At the moment, six yeah, points off the weekend. Six points off the top, though. So sorry, we are fifth after last night's game. Uh. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> my, my research. I need to look at. No worries. Get, um, I suppose you can't worry too much about the league table. You just have to keep focus game to game. Yeah, literally. Yeah, especially now there's there's eleven games left, so it's another. It's literally a mini season now, so hopefully if we can carry on like we have been doing recently, we should be all right. It's so tight, isn't it, in League Two at the moment? Because you've got all of that. You're in the playoff positions, but then you're like I say, you're only six points off the top of the table. Mm-hmm. So eleven games is thirty three points to play for. Does the manager set targets or anything at this stage, or is it just um, keeping it short term? Yeah, in house we did. We, yeah. um, we broke broke the games down into three three blocks and set targets among that. Yeah. Um, but then it's just literally resetting 40, 45 minutes at a time and resetting and trying to win each half. And if, if you win yeah. all the halves until the end of the season, I think we'll be all right. So <laughs> but presumably so the he, he, your manager wouldn't say to you, oh, it's right to lose that game. We don't mind about losing that nah, game or anything like that. Yeah. No chance about it. Every game is worth three points and yeah. every game is of the same importance. So It's Michael Duff's first 
full season in charge, isn't it? And he said, I interviewed him last summer on the podcast, Cheltenham Town manager, former Burnley player, played in all eight levels of football up to the Premier League. So he, he's got his experience. But he came in with these, these ideas from the Burnley Academy and said he had to almost throw them out the window because he had to get points to survive last season. And he had that real momentum towards the end. But he's, he's tried to build something, hasn't he, this time and build a, a kind of attractive play out from the back style. How, how interesting has that been to be part of? Uh, yeah, I think he said it. He said it himself. Really, uh, he couldn't imagine us playing the way we are at the minute. Yeah, he, when he initially came in, it was far, far too, and the success that he's had, that Burnley have had, that he's lived as well, mm. came from that that style of play. And we've almost not the ex- not not polar opposites, but it's definitely a different style to that. And he's based it on um, the players at the club rather than his ideas. I guess that's what he said. It was a, the psychological change for him as well. Yeah, I think so. I think um, you've got to take your hat off to him, really, because he's. I think we didn't win in the first ten games, and then all of a sudden he's had to press the reset button. Um, all the ideas that he came in with have almost not gone out the window because a lot of the principles that yeah uh, are still the same. A lot of the principles that we live by now, really. Um, but from a style point of view and the way we play, formation, etc., it's something completely new. So he's had to adapt and. Um, learn that I guess mm. so, and then implement that onto 24 25 players which obviously is not easy <laughs> but he seems to have done it well yeah sure well Sean Dyche was his manager at Burnley and I know I've been with him and he gets phone calls from Sean Dyche and he's, he's been a big mentor for him but as you say different style than Burnley played and one thing I, I've noticed I came to a game in the autumn maybe just before Christmas around November time I think and I noticed that you were playing and you were marauding forward from centre half which I've never seen you playing that left central defender well, we have seen it a little bit you say with <coughs> Sheffield United in the Premier League but how cool has that been how exciting to be, be part of a team where you're nominally a centre half but you're actually almost one of the, the attacking players as well yeah literally like you say Sheffield United there's resemblances between the two you can draw parallels between the two teams definitely I think yeah um, and they're doing it in the, pre- the Premier League it's been a real yeah. shock for teams in the Premier League yeah well I think um, there was quite a lot of ignorant um, publicity around them really when they, when they came up earlier in the season people, the way they played People thought they were quite a direct team. Yeah. Um, without actually, probably didn't see much of them last year. Whereas now they've now we're in we're in March and they're sitting fifth or sixth in the Premier League wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, people started to take more notice <laughs> and realise that they actually play really like expansive and good on the eye style of football. Yeah. So we've we almost adapted it ourselves. Um, it's something that's developed definitely <clears throat> since we started the three five two, but it's something that everyone's enjoying. Everyone knows all the roles, and so you're a central defender. When the other team's attacking, you're in a three in the mm-hmm. centre half. But then, what when you get the ball, your first instinct is maybe to look at is it Chris Hussey playing on the left hand side? Yeah, is it, he's marauding up. So you get it out there. But then you've got this license to <coughs> just bomb forward to get get into the box. I saw you in the box. I think you scored the game I was watching as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that was Cambridge. Then I think yeah. One you've been to, um, yeah. Literally, we've we do almost get licensed to go and join in the wide centre halves. Um, or we've obviously got plans to um, defend with players in other positions to counteract the counter attack and things like that. Yeah. But it's literally licensed to go and join in, which which I've been loving to be honest. How do you know when when you when it's good to go? Is it sort of the time of the game, the score of the game, or just uh, yeah, the, feel, the feel of it? Yeah, that, I guess that's your decision. Obviously, all that comes into play. The, yeah. What, what's the state of the game, time, everything like that, the score, what we, whether we're chasing it, whether we're not, yeah. all that definitely comes into play. But then it comes down to your decision making, really, and seeing what 
what you see in front of you and you making the decision. And you are a towering centre-half, but you're obviously very fit aerobically. You're powering into the box. You said the, the brilliant bit is that people don't know quite know what to do with you. The defending team doesn't know who should pick you up. Yeah, I think sometimes you can almost almost throw a spanner in the works and people <laughs> people are not sure who should be marking you or whatever. So I think that's that's another side of it where there's a lot of confusion caused by it. Yeah. What's it like in terms of is it a change of mindset for you just as a, being a defender for a while to to suddenly think I can go forward? How does that? How does yeah, that feel? Yeah, it's definitely different to being in a to being a centre back as a, in a four where you you've got a partner. Yeah. Where you literally stay at home and you're defending out and out. Um, the wide centre halves generally, obviously, like we've talked about there, get license to go forward a lot, which is enjoyable. Really, you're almost like a full back. Yeah, playing from centre half, which is, which is, brings another whole new dimension to the game. Really, you get a lot more, a lot more ball. You get a lot more time on the ball, a lot more decisions to make. So yeah, it's, I've enjoyed it a lot. And how good has Michael Duff been at explaining that system to everyone on the training ground? Yeah, massive. I think it's something we did started it last year with the Arsenal game. We fell on it, um, and I don't think we've started another game. Not with three at the back since. Yeah. Um. That'll be probably eighteen months or so now. Yeah. Which is, and then it's to develop from there. So obviously with there's, there's changes within it within the midfield. We might play a different different style, different number of holding midfielders, attacking midfielders, different. Based on the quality of the opposition, is that? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. that all comes into plan. Um, comes into play. I should say sorry. Um, but little tweaks here and there. But we've we've done so much analysis, video analysis. Um, training work on the training ground that I think it's the different formations that we swap from now everyone knows them at the back of the hand so yeah. it's just it's, it's brave though isn't it it's brave for you individually but brave as a team to, to throw defenders forward I guess there has to be a bit of understanding if, if the move breaks down and you're kind of caught, caught out that there has to be a sort of sense of oh you're doing what I told you to do so it's it's okay yeah I think it's definitely a brave brave formation and brave style that we play um, but I think that's I think it suits us really. Yeah. Um, and if you fully commit to it, then we're we're prepared to almost almost go out on your shield and go like win a game the way we want to win a game rather than rather than losing a game the way we didn't want to play. So I guess if we implement our style, then the rest is looks after itself. And you've you've had a battle as well. You say for that left hand centre half position. Who's who's been fighting with you for that that place? Uh, yeah, Jacob Greaves came in. Uh, our injured. Jacob Greaves came in on loan from Hull, um, and he's been he's he's been brilliant to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think he played thirty odd league games on the spin. Amazing. Uh, for a nineteen year old, um, which is some achievement to be honest. And mm. the level of performance that he produced was was right up there. So. Yeah. He's definitely got a big future in the game, and he's he's been brilliant. And I'm sure he'll, he'll can be brilliant till the rest of the season. What's the dynamic like that? Because I've a little bit of my work. Presenters are always vying at Sky Sports to get different roles and different opportunities. But you obviously got that camaraderie as well. What's it been like between you and him as teammates? But well, I know you've played in the cent- the central position at three as well. But what's it like to to have that competitive element to it? Uh, yeah, I think it's natural. I think um, it's been going on since. Since we were both young, since you you come through this competitive industry, yeah, um, you've got to have them competitive instincts to to get to where we are at the minute, and not be negative as well to bring the team down as well. It's a different difficult dynamic. Isn't yeah, hundred percent. You've got to find, you've got to understand that it's not it's not the other player who is deciding on the team. Yeah. So it's not personal. 
Um, and I think, to be honest, he's he's been brilliant the last few games since I've been playing. Um, and I'd like to think I were okay with him throughout it and yeah. tried to try my best to help him if he wanted if he wanted help. Um, so that's just the nature of football. There's 24 people. You do, you do give him advice, like start dribbling around. If you get the ball in your own six-yard box, try and try Cruyff turn or something like that. Try, <laughs> no, try and stitch him up. I'll, I'll leave the dribbling turn. <laughs> He's not bad at that, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting, though. And I suppose the manager has an important role to play. It seems from the comments I've seen from Michael Duff that he's been very transparent about how well you've been playing and how difficult it's been at times to, to leave you out. Is that important, that level of communication? Because I guess just accepting it is a subjective opinion that he has to make on a game-to-game basis, but he seems like he's open about that. Is he open about that with you? The communication's been, been good? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think a big thing is honesty, really, and he's been so honest that yeah. um, there's no fluff. You, you need to know what what's what he's thinking I guess really whether mm. what you can improve on really because if you if you're sat on the bench for a reason that he knows but don't tell you then you can't do anything about it yeah so I think that clear and honest communication has got to be has got to be there and uh, that's something he's been he was always honest with me and always told me what he thought so well just him saying that as well gives you a bit of empathy for his position as well how difficult it must be for managers, even more so when things are going well, because you have to choose between players who may both be playing well at the same time. So I guess it's it's very difficult to be the person who makes that judgment sometimes. Yeah, well, he's obviously lived it as a player um, mm. throughout his career, being in being in the position of leaving people out, picking people, having to upset people. So he knows he knows how it feels and everything like that. So he has that natural empathy. Yeah. Um, from being in the situation. So it's definitely, I think that probably definitely helps him to deal with it. Yeah. Um, I think if you haven't felt that, then emotions, it could be, sometimes it could be harder to almost like we talk about be empathetic and things like that mm. um, and understand the situation. So and just being clear is the key, is it, from a player's perspective that a manager's open with you and just says, I'm picking this guy because of this. You yeah, know, and almost being like it's a f- almost a fifty fifty call and being honest about it. Yeah, I think that's that's probably one of the biggest biggest values we've tried to implement and we've got is honesty. Really, I think if you as long as you're honest, then you can always mm. you you're not hiding behind any story. Yeah. You don't have to dance <laughs> around anything that you said before. So if you're always honest, then if you, if you had to be fitter this season, aerobically, you obviously don't carry much meat on you. Naturally, kind of <laughs> you kind of slit a slim guy. But if you had to with the getting forward and stuff, is it is it been a change of fitness? Um, I'd say to be honest, that's that side of the game probably naturally I was naturally suits me quite a lot anyway. Yeah, I've, I've generally been fit throughout throughout my career. Quite You're happy a, to run forward to the other penalty area and get get back. Yeah, at times I've probably felt like. When I'm playing in a back four, sometimes I I could play a game and physically I'd feel like I had I hadn't played a game. So really now sometimes it feels like I feel like I've played a game, but yeah. I'm doing a lot more running. Buzzing your legs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can almost make use of that energy a bit more. So that's it, that suited me. It should be a central midfielder. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was a central, central oh, yeah. midfielder when I was a bit younger. So then you grew. Yeah, then I grew and then the game got a bit quick for me, so I moved back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But it's what you offer as well with the centre-halves with Sheffield United and with you going forward into the penalty area. In the game I was watching, the Cambridge United one, that you say you offer a very different prospect for the opposition's defence, don't you? Because if you're coming on that left channel, there's a natural inclination for the right full-back to pick you up. Mm-hmm. But that might be a mismatch because of your height and the fact that you head balls for a living as well as mm-hmm. a, a centre-half usually. So that's an advantage for you. Yeah, definitely. I think it brings a lot of... Um, a lot of different challenges for the opposition. Mm. 
and like obviously Sheffield United have had great success from it. Yeah. So I think it's a it's a tough a tough system to play against and we found that people people try different ways to play against us now. There's a lot of teams that come here, we've noticed this season, and change the way they normally play. Yeah. To counteract our our system. Yeah. Which is obviously a compliment to begin with. Um, so it's definitely a challenging system. Well, it felt like there was a period about it was about six weeks ago where there was a few sort of sort of dodgier results or draws where maybe Cheltenham were finding it difficult to score. Was that was that a reaction? Do you think from the rest of the teams to the way that Cheltenham were playing? And it seems like now that you've reacted again and and found ways to break teams down. Uh, yeah, I think potentially. Um, I think we did have a lot of draws where. A lot to be to be fair, quite a lot. A few of the games we felt we should have won with the chances that we had and things like that. Yeah. Um, but teams definitely found a way to make it more difficult for us. Do they get more cover. They're just trying to sit back and hit you on the counter a bit, do they? Because you're it's, a team that likes to play with the the ball. Yeah, it's different. It's different styles. It depends what what they what they feel will hurt us the most. Obviously, mm. some teams might come after you um, and not and stop you playing at source. Others sit back, let you have the ball, and are tough to break down. So. Um, there's different challenges posed from each one, so yeah, yeah, it's it's been tough throughout the season, but we've we've almost adapted a bit more, and we found I think the biggest thing recently is we've found a way to win the games, mm. uh, whether that be with a set piece, um, obviously the defensive record the lads have had throughout the whole season, I think we've conceded ten less goals than the next team, um, that always gives you a chance of getting a result. So. Is that is that partly based on the fact you're controlling a lot of the ball as well to make it harder for the opposition? So it's almost like you're attacking, you're defending um, by the fact that they yeah. haven't got it. Yeah, well, I think that definitely could be, could be a part of it. We've, I'd say we've had more possession in most of the games we've played this season, and obviously, while well, you've got the ball, they can't score. Yeah, unless you're planning on sticking it in your own net. <laughs> but, um, that's definitely a part of it. But I think the organisation out of possession is is top draw from yeah. front to back. I think the work that's been done on that um, from day one the gaffer came in to be honest has been like been unbelievable and I think obviously that shows now by the record what's the atmosphere been like as well because it's seven home wins on the spin has it been it's six, six, now, six yeah. five five straight wins on the spin um, so the atmosphere at Wadden Road presumably has been, been pretty good um, yeah yeah the atmosphere in this in stands has been great um, you can sense that they're behind us every game and the the games recently, I think we've won every one at the last five by by one goal. Yeah. Um, a couple of one nils and a couple of two ones. So well, last two nils. Sorry, at the weekend away from home, but um, it, you can definitely sense it there behind us. And what, what difference has the recruitment made as well to the team? Because is it Alfie Mays come in yeah. last month or so and scored? Yeah, he's obviously set off set off on fire straight away. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest things is is uh, a great character. Straight away, as soon as he's come in the door, he's, he's added to the team and added to the squad off the pitch. Which, is that inject, yeah, does it change the spirit? It injects a little bit of energy into yeah, the Yeah, definitely. Situation. I think it f- sometimes, for, although we've got, we've got a great great set of lads and we did have before, almost, when you add another character to the dimension, another good character, I think that's it can only can only get better. Really. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I read that you were the longest serving Cheltenham Town player or something like that, weren't you? Is that right? Yeah, I am. There's Re- well, the outfield player, Reese's, uh, Reese Lovett, the goalie. Yeah. He's been here a year before me, I think. But January 2017, so just over three years, yeah. and you're the lo- longest ser- one of the longest serving outfield player. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. What does that say about League Two football? It's a lot of flux, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it tells you. It says <laughs> all it needs to say, doesn't it? There's a lot yeah. of change in... Changing 
like year to year people start generally signing one sometimes two year contracts where you don't get much stability um that's comes from I guess comes from consistency of players mm. um but also i guess it's a it's a sort of vicious circle where people don't get the security um they're always got that nagging so they're looking the for shoulder. another club potentially to go to yeah. and things like that so, so it builds... clubs are always looking yeah. for other players expecting players to leave wanting better so i think it's just a, a circle which is to be honest uh, <clears throat> i think we're now at Cheltenham with building more stability yeah it seems that way yeah um, the clubs seem to be going down that line yeah so when you look at the most successful football teams in history like Manchester United in the last 20 years they tended to have a, a base of players for a decade or so but then just add little pieces to it wouldn't they so I suppose there is evidence that although you need like say an injection of new faces sometimes that having a, a sort of basis and a, and a kind of team spirit is important yeah but I guess when you look at Man United it could be <laughs> it could be a little bit easier because they're yeah. at the absolute pinnacle yeah. so they could, yeah. players don't want to leave Man United do they no no um, and, and, and the budgets are fluctuating and League two football, aren't they? Very thin margins. Exactly. And a lot of players at this level want to want to play higher. It's natural. Everyone yeah. wants to be the best they can be and play at the highest level, don't they? So when you're at Manchester United, people almost if you're going from well, back in back in the day anyway, um if you're leaving Manchester United it could be it's probably a sideways or a backwards step. Mm, yeah. So Are you are you thinking about are you guys starting to dream about playing in League One as well next year, or is that still just kind of too far over the horizon. Um, <clears throat> I'd be lying to say if we hadn't thought about it because obviously it's it's what we yeah. want to achieve now. Um, but I don't think we can think about it too much and no. then become complacent and take his eye off the ball because we've still got eleven games to go. Mm. So we need to focus on every single game, and every single week leading up to it, every session, so that we're right. Yeah, I know your contract's up in the this summer as well. It's obviously a delicate position, but you're hopeful, aren't you, of staying in in Cheltenham and around this area? Because it seems like the town, as much as the the club as well, has been it's been good to you, or you've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's probably. I'd well, I'd hope to think I've I've been quite good for the club. Yeah. Um, the clubs the club's been great for me. I've loved. I love the people. I love love the town. So, um, I like the fit. But it just depends what happens. But I'd definitely, definitely like to be here, and I think it's I'm a part of something. Yeah. At the minute, that's going in the right direction. I guess you've kind of grown up here, haven't you? The way you're 24 now, but you're yeah, 21 yeah. when you arrived. Do you feel like it's been sort of, I guess, becoming a man in in, in this, yeah, this last say, few years? Yeah, to be honest, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I've definitely, in the last three years, done a lot of growing up, um, psychologically and physically, and as a player and as a person. Mm. Um, I've definitely done a lot of growing up here and I feel like I've turned into a, a man here which is which I'll always be grateful for yeah you've got your girlfriend in the background as well haven't you she's studying yeah. law so when you talk about these discussions I guess she's keen to find out what's going on as well and, and trying to build that future because people don't often think about all that flux with, yeah, with yeah, footballers yeah. you've actually got other people yeah. in your life who are who are trying to plan their, their future as well yeah yeah well Shan's um, doing her LPC now learning practice course at mm. Sheffield University so um, she finished last year studying law with a first class degree in law so it's quite good to have for the co- she can check your contracts <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um, so she's quite career driven as well but it's we've been together nearly six years now yeah um, it's a long time at 24 actually isn't it Eight yeah years, it is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so it, that's definitely something that takes a big consideration mm. now now obviously I'm getting to 24 
Yeah, um, still, yeah, still really young. That's when yeah, I started yeah. my career mainly as a reporter. After the yeah, well, that, yeah. that's the thing as a footballer, and it? it's generally it's it works. The, the it's a fast fast forward, isn't the it? The cycle yeah. of your career goes boom from there. Yeah, um, and then all of a sudden it, you get to thirty and it's starting to slope downwards. Yeah, whereas it's the exact opposite in a normal career. Yeah, yeah. You start to when you you're building up to thirty and then it escalates from there. Whereas the career path it's like a sprint it's a sprint of a sprint career literally really, and then yeah. it's a very steep cliff yeah, well <laughs> can be there's an always can yeah. be yeah, yeah. Um, but well, well you look at Gaffer and look at Reg for example yeah still playing close, Luke Varney yeah uh, yeah that's the, that's a difficult thing isn't it because obviously you've got Michael Duff who's the manager but then you've got we had on the podcast recently Shane Duff whose career was prematurely ended at Bradford on basically a freak injury yeah. that his insurance didn't pay him out for so he had a very difficult rebuild. It was, it was quite abrupt compared to his, his brother. So I suppose you never know, do you? It's a difficult one. You want to play as long as you possibly can, but yeah, I think that's why of, of a, a plan B, maybe. That's why you've got to <clears throat> almost almost plan. But for me, a lot of the things that I'm doing away from the pitch, I see as being, pla- being part of plan A, really. Yeah, because you're still and studying business, are you? Yeah, I am, yeah. And I've just got my UEFA B coaching. Oh, fantastic. Um, Congratulations. Just passed that, so... I see it all as being part of plan A, really, my, yeah. my personal development. Um, anything that can add to me as a person, I think, is only going to help me as a player. Yeah. And then also, obviously, adding qualifications to your CV, definitely going to help. In the, in Would you like to fuse business and football going forward, you think, rather than go completely on a different trajectory if you, you wouldn't um, go and sell? Yeah, potentially. Going back to what we were saying there. sell bath mats or something afterwards. Or... Yeah, I'm not sure I'd have much passion. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be, yeah. I'd be prepared to be getting up every morning to sell that. I've got no. to, it's got to be something that I, def, that I believe in. Yeah. Something that, um, something that drives me. But uh, going back to what we were saying there, I think that's the importance of enjoying every day because you don't know what's around the corner yeah um all planning for the future and looking to the future but you never know you, you might not get there touch and wood, appreciating it. it's difficult appreciating it? it that's what i mean yeah you're fighting that to... fighting that normalization process because things become normal and then yeah i heard rich people talk about that they had mansions they said what well, just becomes your your house it doesn't yeah you know you don't think about it every day like someone else might do walking into it yeah it's obviously it's a different scale but talking about when we're talking about being injured and you just appreciate being on the grass just the smell of it and the yeah. feel it's obviously different to mansions, but yeah, um, but not taking it too seriously as well, because obviously yeah. there's Cheltenham Town fans who go and pay the money; and they want you to win. But actually, sometimes your state, you're better off being happy and relaxed and, and appreciating it than you are nervous and, and worried about it. One hundred percent. It's um, I know for personally as a as a fact, Reece, well not recently, but in the past, it's been it's meant too much to me, mm. and it still means now. It still means the same as me winning on a Saturday and. Ah, sorry, rudely interrupted there. Let's do it do again, Will. You're just opening your heart back. Pete Graves, my Sky Sports presenter colleague, was just trying to ring me there. So hopefully he's been put off for a second. I record on my phone, so it's an occupational hazard. I thought I'd put it onto Wi-Fi but, or airplane. Um, but you were just, yeah, you were just talking about the decisions that, that you make and, 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 and appreciating it and living in the moment. And I suppose, because we talked before about, I think you said it's often you sort of run through games a lot afterwards, which I think is a natural yeah. inclination. But I guess as you get older, it's that process of trying to, learn from the past without dwelling on it isn't it sometimes yeah I think it can be all consuming um, I've definitely been guilty of it in the past it can almost take over your life and take over your whole thoughts but um, I think having a sense of perspective that um, ultimately as brutal as it sounds it's a career yeah um, and you've got more important things in life like relationships obviously we spoke we spoke previously about Sean and relationships with family um, building families and things like that ultimately they're the um, 
they're the things that's going to be long term. Football's going to come to an end. And it's also you're stage. better off being in the moment, aren't you? So you'd think, in a, yeah. in a sense, psychologically, rather than worrying about the mistake you made or whatever and, and letting that impede your sleep, your rest, and your kind of recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that obviously, you focus. You need to focus while you're playing, and to be able to be in the moment is. Is where yeah. you need to be. I think they call it the state of flow, don't they? Yeah. Or the zone or whatever. So, being able to get into that into that state as often as you can, I think, it is key. And that means being completely present. Yeah. With the current moment. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that people in sport can learn from as well. Um, in other walks of life, maybe when you're second career, you can take that into it, can't you? Because I think people, particularly nowadays, with typically the smartphone I'm recording my podcast on, you get so many distractions in life that yeah. it's quite nice to just keep that internal equilibrium and, and try yeah, and keep... Yeah, we'll just keep, have a distraction. Yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nightmare, yeah. So, I, need, uh, I need to... Well, I've got a sponsor now, so Jason and the guys at Bang & Olufsen, so maybe I can get some uh, proper recording equipment in this year. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Um, Separate it out. But yeah, definitely. I think but I think you've got to, especially nowadays, with like we heard about, we said about the distractions, you've got to make a conscious decision to, to try... To try and distance yourself from distractions, if you, because it's so easy to be caught up in it. Yeah. Within, talk about smartphones, social media, everything. Yeah, because you're on social media, but you, you're not particularly active. Or you don't get locked in that in that web. No, it's something I try and try and limit. Um, yeah. I try and delete delete the apps off my phone because it can almost in some way like, <laughs> get the screen time down. Um, because it can almost. Did you look at Cheltenham Town hours. stuff like fans and stuff, or would you keep away from that after a game just to? Uh, not, nah, not really to be honest. But there's a lot of a lot of positive things on there about the about the club and yeah. personally for me. Um, but I think that can that can soon change. And obviously you've got you've got to be appreciative of yeah. of what the fans are saying and everyone's opinion. But um, ultimately you've got to, you've got to find your own. You've got to try and do your best and be in the moment, like I say. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because people say you have to try and keep praise and criticism in the same bracket yeah. almost as rather than saying, oh, I'll dip in for the praise and get the yeah. ego boosted. Because of the flip side is then you're going to get affected by the criticism. So you must have to stay yeah. level-headed. Well, I think for the for the big hitters, for the lads in the Premier League, you yeah. look at Pogba, for example, yeah. it must be... I don't even know why he's on social media, but presumably he enhances his brand and he can make yeah, more money. So. But, it's... but but it must be nigh on. Even if he came off social media, it's got to be nigh on impossible for him to yeah. for him to blank everything out because it'll be in the papers. It'll be there'll be people telling him constantly every day that yeah. he's, he's almost he's almost news every day, which is which is tough really. Cause how, then, how do you find it around town getting recognised? Do, do people come up to you and, and have a chat? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that to be honest. I love yeah. that. Um, get get a few fans when I'm in when I'm <laughs> shopping in Lidl, for example. Still, <laughs> still wearing your Cheltenham Town tracksuit. Or... <laughs> yeah, no. Because that's the funny thing. People, people see you out because obviously I work at Sky Sports and Sky Sports News, and people often just give you funny looks because they're not quite sure where they recognise yeah, you yeah, from. Yeah, Sometimes because yeah. if you're not wearing a football kit, they might not know. They yeah. might think, oh, I know that guy, but not yeah. know how. Yeah, you get the the diehard fans generally, yeah. um, which I which I love talking to. To be fair, because they'll they'll tell you what they're thinking about the game, what you think about your last performance, which is ultimately what it's what it's all about. It's the fans fans go to yeah. every game. They're the heart heart and soul of each club, um, so it's always nice to hear their their perspective from from what they're seeing from the stands. And they tend to be quite reasonable, do they, when they come up to you and chat? Um, not the, <laughs> don't name Yeah, names. well, I've not I've not had anyone. Um, Oh, start an argument with me, yeah, anyway, so... <laughs> but it feels like people at Cheltenham are quite, like, um, not pessimistic, but they're quite realistic about the club, and, you know, people I say, because I'm always like, oh, come on, they can come up, can't they go a couple of divisions up, become a championship team, and I suppose because they've seen it come from completely yeah. non-league, 
they're always <coughs> a little bit just happy with being a league team to a certain extent. So they've got contained expect sort of expectations compared to like say Manchester United. Being a Manchester United fan, I've got my brothers on the WhatsApp group just yeah, complaining yeah. all the time about about yeah. that and you know yeah. not winning every game. So I guess there is a, a realism, a, a sense from the fans. Yeah, well, I think when you when the people who have followed Cheltenham through throughout their lives and for numbers of years. Mm. Um, like you say, they know where where the clubs come from, where the clubs been previously. Um, the fan base historically over a number of years, yeah, has been what it's been. It's I can't imagine it's ever gonna it's ever gonna double. No, um, regardless of what happens. So obviously the club's been in League One and yeah. things like that. So people have seen them times before. Um, so I think there's all there's almost yeah, like you say, realism. I think, but I think that's healthy to be honest. I think that's. Mm. Yeah, um, that's healthy for the team. Healthy for for the squad. And they appreciate the now just being in the playoffs in League Two and enjoying that for the, the time being. It seems. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see yeah, expectations yeah, we'll grow. See. Early, I yeah. think we definitely definitely like to push on. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're going all right at the minute. Yeah, what's any mention? Because in the headlines all the time, he mentioned the club of coronavirus and precautions and that kind of stuff. Obviously, you're you're fit young men, so you're probably not yeah. vulnerable to it. But in terms of are they worried they might have to play behind closed doors or anything like that? Um, no, nah, and I don't think handshaking's been banned yet. No, because Newcastle, so yeah. I, I don't think that's... Well, Chris Wilder was making fun of that, wasn't he? The Sheffield United yeah. was just saying that. Um, we're not quite on that level no. yet. We um, hope that someone with coronavirus wouldn't be playing Premier League football at the time, but... Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah. Unless they're particularly robust kind of uh, yeah. athletes. Well, no, that's not, that's not something that's no. been, been spoken about just yet. Yeah, because it's Cheltenham Horse Racing Festival next week. Yeah. So the town's, you live in the middle of town, it's going to ignite, isn't it? So I think they're hoping, the town's hoping that goes ahead because it is at the moment, I believe, but there's a huge cash injection, you know, living yeah, around yeah, here yeah. For, for the town, isn't it? Yeah. Not just yeah. the, not just yeah, the well, race course. I spoke to the old chairman, Paul Baker, about that quite a lot. And mm. obviously the money that he brings in throughout the week is not far off the rest of the money yeah. from the year for tourism ex- example. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be that'll be big for the town. So. Yeah. Do you do you get down to the races? Do you guys? Yeah, with the Gaffalets as goal as a team, we went last year. Um, we're going to go this year as well. So that's good team bonding. And when it's when it's on your doorstep, I think it'd be rude not to. So. No, I know. <laughs> that's always the thing, isn't it? It's a competition. It's a healthy competition, I guess, with the races because they sort of attract fans as well. You're trying to get more down to Wadden Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had we. I haven't got a game. I would imagine it's planned that we'd have a game on a Tuesday at home because yeah. I remember the last couple of years we played. A couple of years ago, we played away on a Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, I think that's something definitely. Do you get disturbed um, living here? Is it? No, it's too late. Right. No, it's all quite right. high up, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So you get you get a few people shouting every now and then. Hear a few a few songs generally through the week. It must be must be student night or whatever. Yeah. But, um, Nothing that disturbs me too much. It's funny, I like getting a falafel down there on the high street. There's a guy who's got like a little wooden stool in the high street and he yeah. sells falafels and they're really good. But he, I said to him, is it a boost for you when it comes to town? He said, not really, because everyone just asked me if I've got bacon. <laughs> just yeah. bacon yeah, yeah, bacon and sausage. So yeah. beer, beer, bacon and beds is all people are interested in. Yeah, in I, can imagine. I can imagine. But I know the Indian restaurant near me, actually, they said that they kind of almost do half their annual turnover. Just people come and like put hundreds of pounds down to secure tables. Yeah. And, Champagne and all this kind of stuff, which is yeah. like huge amounts. Which it seems weird to drink champagne in an Indian restaurant, but yeah. I don't know how the taste buds go together. Yeah, I, I guess the taste buds are a bit a bit numb by the time they're yeah. in an Indian restaurant, though. But for a lot of people, well, well, I appreciate mate. It's your day off, so I'll, I'll get get going. But it's been fantastic to catch up. And when when the summer comes, you hopefully sign a new contract here. Are you going to stay around Chapman? Do you, you sort of round for the summer, or do you go travel? What's your plans? Um, yeah, hopefully, 
hopefully be able to get away. We've got a cruise planned. Me yeah. and uh, me and the girlfriend, uh, mum and dad, uh, are taking us on a cruise. Not to so. Northern Italy, is it? <laughs> well, it's from Venice. Is it? So oh, the cruise goes from down. Venice. So there's obviously quite a few things up in the air there. But yeah. That's that'll be a that'll be in June. I guess so. if they take everyone's temperature on the way in, which is what they're doing, they can sort of isolate it, and then everyone should be healthy on the boat and. I'm not sure. I'm not no, sure. No. I, first time I've been on a cruise, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, get quite get to see quite a few different places. So yeah, we're quite avid travellers, me and Sean. You we're don't in... get seasick, do you? No. Although <laughs> talking about Sean, Sean yeah. definitely gets seasick. Yeah, I'm, few, not, I'm not great on cruises. Yeah. No, I, luckily I'm quite. I'm alright with travel sickness, seasickness. Generally, I oh, don't. That's good. I don't suffer from any of that, so I'm quite lucky in that sense. It's weird. I prefer the almost a smaller boat where you can feel it more. I don't like the kind of where it's a subtle. Shift right, yeah. your body gets my body gets confused. It sort of thinks you're on dry land, but then you. We went some on, of those cruise ships are massive, aren't they? It almost feel like yeah. you're in a. Well, I've in never a been on one, but I've heard, yeah. I've heard you can't when you're on the ships. You can't tell you're at sea sometimes. No. Uh, we went me and Sean in Bali. Went snorkeling oh, um, yeah. on just a small boat, which were very like really rickety. There were only eight of us on it, for <laughs> example. But Sean, I think Sean would prefer to be on a, a big boat than that because she were she was struggling People quite a bit, to be honest. Yeah. Chucking over the side, yeah. yeah literally, yeah. So, well, mate, you're back in the team and I hope you stay there and have a great end to the season. Thank you very much, Ed. Top man. Thank you, Will. Uh, guys, hope you like that. Will Boyle, Cheltenham Town centre-half. If you are in Cheltenham, recommend getting down to watch them this season fantastically well or going fantastically well under Michael Duff and making this promotion push. If you like the podcast, do rate it on iTunes as well and follow Myself and Will were on social media too, although Will's not going to be overly uh, checking it. I'm sure he'll get back to you if you, if you send him a message when he's, when he's got a spare moment, particularly in the summer. Cheers, guys. Thank you. And big thank you to Jason Briggs and Bang Olofsson for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Serene AV as well. Check out those guys and their equipment. They also do home cinemas installation, I understand, if you uh, fancy one of those. No room in my three-bed semi. Or probably not a home cinema in here, actually. Well, we're probably struggling for that, but it's definitely yet, no. in the future, in the future, <laughs> when you become a Premier League manager in your, in your second career. But thank you, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, speak to you soon.